Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John the Wreck podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California, the travels world, eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I'm Henry. I'm Robert. And I'm Warren. And tonight we have our very special guest, <laughs> great buddy of the band, great collaborator of the band, and we're not even going to wait until we're trying to figure out what the fuck he's drinking. Mr. Ian oh, Cohen yeah. is joining yeah. us from Jeremiah Red, Sega Genocide, and also uh, your favorite song and ours, Omis Carolina, co-writer, uh, co-writer on Let Her Go uh, from our Glory Bound record, co-writer for You Know You Want It Because It's Big from my personal record, <laughs> co-writer for our whole new record that's coming out uh, sometime yeah. in the future. Um, Ian's been a great buddy and a great brother and friend of the band for over a decade now, since the inception of Robert John and the Wreck, or slightly thereafter, if we could ever remember all of the fucking stories that you know, <laughs> of the experiences that we've had together. This is one of our best oh, friends yeah. in the world, man, and we're so happy to have you here, Ian. Thank you guys for Cheers having me on. In honor, of, uh, Warren, in honor of Warren of the show on Saturday. Grazie. Yeah. <laughs> little, <laughs> little <foul. laughs> Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. And Ian, yeah. Ian's also been uh, part of our like COVID pod. Uh, we've, we've been trying to keep the circle small <laughs> over the last year. And uh, I'm, I'm super stoked because Ian, you and I have been friends for a long time as, as you have with, with the rest of the guys in the band, but I feel like I've I've seen you more over the last year than in the last like five years combined, and yeah. we have all just been doing so much together that it's it's been really like a beautiful experience just getting to collaborate more and and all that kind of stuff, man. It's so. uh you know I don't want to be selfish here, but it's nice that you guys are on tour because we get to do this stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse, huh? Yeah, it's a yeah. <laughs> selfish thing. <laughs> Damn, yeah, it's really yeah. nice. I really have enjoyed working on the album with you guys um, in the past and um, this new album, and I'm excited for people to eventually hear it soon. And yeah. I know it's been going well for you guys. And speaking of hearing stuff from the new record soon, we got to uh, debut some new tunes on Saturday at Hangar 24 and shared experience. Uh, uh, for our weeks and uh, just to jump right into that um, holy shit dude like I, I don't yep. know if you guys agree man but like I was getting emotional like being able to be on stage and turning up and I'll, I'll let you guys elaborate more on it but um, what a rad experience just to be able to play in front of actual people in person Again, um, again, and yeah, that that literally just you know took the cake for my entire week. Like I, I had a great week, and I'm not going to get into get into all of it. Um, but it took the cake, and then uh, Henry's aunt Trish actually brought some really bomb ass strawberry <laughs> cake. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, that, that cake was so good. Holy <laughs> insane! Cake was so good. Everybody was having some of that cake. I don't even fucking like cake, dude. Like cake is my yeah, least favorite either. of like the breaded substances. And I'm a friend this, of your auntie's cake, though. This cake, <laughs> yeah, was, she'll make it for you all the time, man. She loves making food for people. 
<laughs> oh god, it's okay. It tasted <laughs> so good. It was it was like weirdly magical. Where it was like I did yeah. not expect it to taste the way that it tasted by looking at it because it looked like a beautiful cake. And I was like, I've seen a lot of beautiful cakes in my time, and they've all disappointed me. And I've got trust issues with cake now because of it. And you can always trust like, the cake. Right? And you can always dude, trust the cake from interest. Mm, fuck, dude. That shit tasted like it was a strawberry cake yeah. with frosting, which that's my least favorite part about cakes is frosting. I'm way more of a pie guy. I know we've talked yeah. about this on the podcast. But we have. it is Definitely it blew my fucking mind. It tasted <laughs> like fresh fucking strawberries, and I know that it was cooked in there, and I don't know how the fuck she did it, but yeah. Trish, you are a genius. And She's a wizard, man. You are a, 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 a culinary <laughs> wizard, and you completely changed my perspective on baked goods that night. So, <laughs> yes, thank you. That, Although, although I have to say, like, you are the only person, Trish, that, like, I'm not going to have trust issues with cake from now on. So put your your trust issues to bed. If it's your cake, like, yes, I am in 100% and save me a couple slices because holy shit, that just blew my fucking mind. The flavors, the texture, everything, it was spongy, it was moist, it, it, was not any of the shit that I don't like about cake. It was, it tasted like eating actual fucking strawberries with cream, but in cake form. It blew my fucking mind. It was, it was incredible. So Trish, thank you. Shout out to my aunt Trish. Killing it always. <laughs> yeah. Henry, do you, do, you, do you care to elaborate on, on the weekend? Oh man, dude. I don't even have words. I literally don't even have words. And that's all we got here on the podcast. And it was, it was weird. Um, it was weird playing in front of real amplifiers. <clears throat> like I haven't done that in a long time. Uh, you had like a big on stack of them too. None, nonetheless, like four of them, right? <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, technically two. Yeah. Technically, two actual guitar amps, um, and then for all you gear nerds out there, so I have, I have my own uh, Black Star Studio Ten combo that I that is kind of my trusty gigging amp, um, and uh, and if you have any bias towards Black Star amps, uh, buy that amp because it will change your mind about how those amps sound. It is a great classic rock blues amp. A Blues Junior killer for you guitars out there that know how great the Blues Junior is. I ran that through an extension cab that I borrowed from uh, my friend, the guitar doctor in Fountain Valley. And I also borrowed a divided by 13 uh, head and ran that through a cab. And I ran both of them in dual mono. And then I also had a Fender uh, tube reverb head going into the divided by 13 amp for some cool... uh, cool splashy reverb because i love me a little splash of reverb on my guitar sound and uh yeah it but, felt pretty glorious not, it was definitely not through the pa <laughs> what's up i said but not 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 from the uh from the audio engineer side of things right you like to control your reverb i like to control my own reverb and you're tasteful about reverb. it and as a sound guy i fucking respect that shit so good job. i like a splash you know i like to have a little splash i like to <laughs> fill out you know i don't like to be exposed i like to have a little a little you know 
nice bright little splash there in the sound and uh definitely well, and provided that, that and honestly henry that's my favorite thing about because uh for for those of you that don't know 90 percent of the time when we're playing gigs i'm running sound from stage and right. henry just handles his own shit and a lot of guitar players don't fucking do that like that that's my my biggest note what are you saying? Going, going in a no, Robert. You're fine. You're playing rhythm. <laughs> what are you talking about? about it. I, 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 I Robert, said, I'm on the same page as you. I'm I set and forget your you levels, dude. Like, like, wanna, you're I good. I don't want to handle. Hey, shit. it sounds like a guitar. Cool. Yeah, great. No, you you do a great job, but like you you, Robert doesn't really have to boost too much because he's doing rhythm most of the Got time. You. And then also Robert, when he does, is doing like guitar harmonies <laughs> with Henry and stuff. He's got his boost pedal, and it and it works. And we set that ahead of time. But 90% of the time that I mix other guitar players, like they just don't have a boost pedal. They don't have a solo level versus the rhythm level. And it's so difficult when there's all these people up on stage and nobody's throwing focus to like who's doing the thing that's coming up. Like, you know, you wonder why like you can't hear the guitar solo for the first four bars. It's because of that. And Henry, thank you for making the sound guy's job a lot easier by having your own boost and knowing your own shit. Well, you can't, it's, we were talking about trust issues earlier yeah. and you can't trust people to know when, you know, to do it because people aren't going to do it for you. It's just not going to happen. Unless Even though it's their job to do it for you. Unless they've heard your band and know your music. What's up? I said, unless they know your band and your music and when things are supposed to happen. Yeah. You're, you're giving people an, an impossible scenario. Right. And shooting yourself in the foot. Right. Yeah. And half the time you're not even you're not even mic'd up. Like if we're in the rehearsal room, you know, you have to make that decision on the spot. So it's like you yeah. gotta dial in the rig to have the headroom necessary so that, you know, your amps aren't blown out. Because if you blow out your amps and they're all distorted already, you got nowhere else to go. It's like it's the spinal tap joke, you know? Yeah. You're at you're at ten, where do you go from there? It's like yeah. 11 but there's there is no 11 in this scenario 11 is a conceptual figment of our imagination in this you mean you scenario. can't just press the metal existed. mode on the line six spider three amp and you just, have to create just, your yeah, own yeah. 10 and your own 11 <laughs> and that's what i'm doing i'm creating the 11 or i'm trying to yeah i'm making an effort to do it but it was it was great being able to play in front of and and these are not like crazy high water amps either they were both like 10 watt amps which means you can actually, you know, turn them up like they're supposed to be turned up and nobody's going to go, that's too loud. Like, and I didn't feel like I was too loud at all. I felt like I was at a pretty tasteful volume pretty much the whole night. And I got lots of compliments on the sound, which was great. Um, It sounded weird the first set. And then the second set, I was like, oh, this feels great. (laughs) See, I told you that second set, dog. That that first set, you got to get all the, get all, blow the cobwebs off, dust dust yourself off. And then that second set, you're like, oh, I'm ready now. I'm ready. You know, look out. Watch out now. You know? Watch out. Watch out now. How was it for you, Robert? It was great. Um, I'm going to talk about gear for the first time and last time ever on this podcast. Because um, I'm, I'm not a gear nerd at all. I don't know anything about it. Boo. But um, for this show that we played on, I'm for the show that we played on Saturday, um, I brought a guitar out of the woodwork. Um, it was a guitar that I've had since the inception of Robert John the Wreck. It's been around for 10 years, and um, I 
completely redid the whole infrastructure of the guitar. Um, it's a Sheraton two. It's an Epiphone Sheraton two. It's a great guitar. It's a workhorse. Um, it's a, it's a, a tour dog. Like, I mean, it's, it's, I've seen it on stage being <clears throat> thrown in the air by, um, Ian's <laughs> band, Jim, I read, uh, and it's still alive to this day. Uh, it just, it's, it's just a, a solid piece of wood. And, uh, I put TV Jones pickups in it. I put new pots in it. I put a new Jack in it. I did a whole bunch of over here. Robert, I'm it. proud of you. Uh, thank you to the guitar shop here in Laguna Beach. Thank you to Ben Wagner, who, yeah, who did all that stuff to it. And I, so I brought it out that night. And um, Henry's sounds are always just so good that I don't even know if anyone cared or noticed. But I noticed that my guitar actually sounded a lot better than it usually it does. It sounded really good. Um, yeah, the tone was, was like was, on point. It was really it, like, and this is just, this is honestly like, the sad note of the, of the night, because I was, didn't, I cared about it, but I was so excited to play the show. Um, and like, if I had a new guitar, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have mattered. I would have played a show with a, with a Squire Strat that I took the pickups out of and put in like just little magnets that didn't make any sense. Like it was like the guitar wasn't even like, didn't even make my show. I, I was just so excited to just, play a show with, with my boys and play music for people who were there and dancing and singing along. And, um, it was it, me and me and Steve had our own moment after the show. Like we were both pretty much on the, on the verge of tears just because we were so happy that, of what, what just happened. Yeah. Um, and we haven't had that before since, I mean, for a while because we haven't been able to play, you know, and, um, it was just really great to play a show again in front of people and to be there and doing it. Um, and uh, the only reason I even brought the guitar because I wanted to like pretend like I had some sort of like pretentious gear <laughs> nerd in me. And I, I just realized I really don't like, I really don't give a shit. Like, um, you know, cool. The guitar sounds better. I really don't give a shit. I, I <laughs> only want to play a great show and I only want to be there in front of people and like, in, in, like feel that energy that, that everyone has. And, uh, it was literally something that we've missed as a band and personally for how many months? I mean, forever, over, um, over a year, man. It was, uh, yeah, it was Too just, long. uh, that was, that was the first show was, that we it, played like that since our last Marine room gig, which was the last yeah. one that we did, which was what beginning of March, 2020. Yeah. Uh, last year yeah. yeah it was great like i i remember i remember how i move when i like really into it i, I remember yeah. like you know all those uh small little i haven't seen you guys move helping. like that in in that same <laughs> amount of time man like the, the yeah. one of the most refreshing things to me that almost that was bringing tears to my eyes like i had a bunch of moments like my background vocals must have sound like shit because i was getting all choked up like every other fucking song, but like one of them was like Warren's just right next to me on stage and he's fucking dancing and stomping his feet. And I'm feeling that through the fucking stage. And I'm like, Oh, I've missed this so much. Like, <laughs> like it, it was nuts. Just like to have the, to have the energy be palpable again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After so many, after a year of having it. And yeah, we've had our, our moments where like, it's felt really good and we've done a driveway party and we've done, you know, these live streams that like we got really great responses from and stuff. 
But to have like a crowd of people in a stage and whatever lighting's up there, just the, the environment and being able to turn up and being able to let loose and look and like just see your brother's fucking living actively in the moment and having that reciprocated yeah. from your own perspective and then my own perspective. Like it was like everything that I looked at was just bliss, man. Like it was, it was fucking incredible. Yeah. And it's funny too, because like I knew everything that was happening on stage. Yeah. So I'm looking at you, I'm looking at Henry, I'm looking at Warren, I'm looking at Andrew. And then like, you know, certain people out in the crowd were like, you didn't look at me once. I'm like, well, you know, there's, there's a lot more shit going on on stage that I'm super stoked about. And then I'm like really caring about, and I'm just yeah. really happy about that. Yeah. Like so much because I've never, I haven't experienced this for a year. Like, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to take all this in, let alone like looking at, at the crowd and like understanding that we have this energy that's going back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was, it was a crazy <laughs> experience to, to do that again when when we when it was so natural over a year ago it was so natural to do that it was it felt so just like second nature like it was like cool we're on stage together everything is good but when you don't get that for a year like you your mind starts doing weird things at least mine does and it just like it was wild and uh warren how'd you feel how was your weekend I felt the same way. We played, and that pretty much overtook the whole entire weekend, and it was awesome because we got to play again, and I feel everything, you know, all the sentiments that everybody said for me, so I could repeat all that, but I could also bring up the other thing that I really enjoyed about playing the show, which is the community of people that come out because not only is it an event that's put on by John that's literally, you know, built by me and Robert and, you know, the whole crew and Hampton Productions and everything. Um, <laughs> and shout but, out to Mike you know, Wilson for running sound. And Yeah, we got Mike Wilson running park. sound. We got yeah. our good friends Balto opening the night for us. They destroyed it. They sound so good. By the so way, good. fucking killed it. My best yeah. friend in the whole wide world, they, Adam Ditt, on the bass guitar, fucking slaying. They sounded at least so good. good. Yeah. yeah. Like, they sound, I, I remember looking at Ian, and I was like, dude. I forgot how good these guys are. Like they were sounding so good, and I was just so yeah, excited. I've been, I've been really excited to see those guys, and they were yeah. Well, and and, and we had good. we had uh, Dan Sharon on uh, episode seventy seven on the podcast, right. uh, and we had Adam Ditt on too, and yep. Adam Ditt before that, and uh, they had they had a new drummer and a new guitar player, yeah, new drummer and new lead guitarist, dude, Zev and Tristan, and holy fuck, dude, like yeah. it was. What what did they have? Two rehearsals before? Yeah, they had two rehearsals before the show. They fucking nailed Destroyed. it, dude. Yeah, it was so incredible, good. man. Yeah. Like, and yeah. on, nicest on fucking dudes note, too. Uh, yeah. On a quick note, really quick, I w- just want to say, just from being, you know, I've known you guys for a long time, but that was, I mean, maybe it's not because music's been not going on for a while, but you guys really did crush it, and the fact that. You could just tell that you guys hadn't. I know you guys have been working on the record, so you didn't really do practice for this. But it was like you guys had a little nerves. But then you guys were dancing a lot more. Warren, you were move, You moved a lot more. Robert, you. I mean, you had a lot more room than our last show, so you were just you were running into the back of the stage. You, yeah. was, you know, it was freaking great. I mean, Steve, you could only move as much as you could. I yeah, I was I was planted you on know, my ass. Henry, Henry, I've been, Henry, I've been, I've been Henry, for days. Henry was like. Uh, 
honestly, you were going crazier than you normally do. Not in a bad way, but like in an insane way. No, you know what I mean? Like you were just yeah. excited. Everybody seemed excited and like the nerves were good. They're good nerves. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Even Andrew. Yeah. He was like more fills than he normally does. Going full animal mode. Well, and, and I told uh, Robert, and it's not in a bad way. You guys, when right. you know, when you we've seen each other for ten years. I mean, Steve and Robert, you can attest to this. Like, yeah, you go to your friends' shows, you see the songs that you, you know what I mean. We're usually all hanging out, and I actually watched the whole show, and it was, it was fucking amazing. It was really good. I I asked Robert. I told him about fifty thousand times. <laughs> So, true. And, and you know, when, when you have someone who's who's like a best friend that actually says, I watched your whole show. Yeah. <laughs> that, that means a lot because yeah. I can't I just want to be on that. When, when, when he played like two weeks ago, I did not watch his whole show. I saw most no, of it. He, I did because yeah. I, I did not watch it. Yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> Steve did because he was doing sound and yeah. he had to. But but also, like, Robert, Ian, like that, that was uh, just, you know, if, if you can shed some light on how, how this was for you because I know that was uh, so Ian's band Jeremiah Red kicked off the whole Music on the Runway series uh, headlining um, a couple weeks back and that was the first time yeah. you guys had played in a long time as well man and so I what, know, what, keep, what was that experience for say- you man like well first of all it's uh, we keep saying that we're always never going to do another show and somehow we keep getting shows. So you keep, keep getting people to, to another, show up. Another finale. Shows. Yeah. I've done like Constant five reincarnations, five, <laughs> five finales. Um, I honestly, it, and uh, nothing against my, my brothers over there in Jeremiah Red, but I was really excited to play with uh, that club wagon project that we'd been working on. And that honestly was a nice, you know, that was, a, it was like a good appetizer to the main course for me that night um and obviously to just play new music again and with you know just play live music and but you guys honestly like forget about that show this show was fucking ridiculous this was a really good show balto was amazing you guys were amazing honestly you guys were amazing i feel like a real person again yeah right like right uh, yeah like i don't like i feel like a person you know (laughs) i have not felt like a person well, and, and Henry, elaborate on that. Why is that? Because I feel like it's the same for, for me as it is for you. So keep, keep going. Yeah, I mean, well, it's so, the same for everybody. Right. Like, like I think specifically uh, for Steve and I, though, like, I feel like we've probably, we probably do just a little more gigging than anybody else. At least, at least I do a little more. I mean, you do a lot more. But, like, I was to the <laughs> point where between playing for you and playing, you know, before COVID, playing, between playing guitar for you I had my own solo gig. I had uh, solo acoustic stuff. I had power trio stuff. I had my original material with King Tree and Earth Mothers, plus Robert John the Wreck, and then, you know, whatever occasional fill-in stuff, and it added up to probably three to four nights of of, uh, playing music in bars for three to four hours of night every week, like, consistently. And playing for people in bars and like and like just doing it and it's just what I did you know I didn't I didn't think anything about it and then all yeah. of a sudden it just evaporates out of nowhere and you don't have that outlet and that that connection and all these things you take for yep. granted it's like um, the old Dubliner in Long Beach was such a fun place to gig because it's like you get to see all walks of life there and that's just like the day-to-day part of your whole thing and mm-hmm. something you do. And, and all of a sudden you're not doing that anymore. It's not a part of your life anymore. And 
you sort of forget what it felt like to do that. You forget that that was a part of you. Being able to do those sort of things was 100% part of your personality yeah. and the way you experience life and the way you experience reality. And to suddenly not have that, that part of your soul sort of, it kind of like shrivels up a little bit. You know, it's like you don't, you don't have, it's, it's sort of like a flower reverting back into itself kind of. And it's like, you don't remember what it felt like to do that. And then all of a sudden you do this thing, like what we did the other night. And it's like, oh my God, I forgot that I did this all the time. Yeah. yeah. You, you forgot that that's who you were. Right. You forgot that like, that's, that's, that's what, that's what makes you yeah. as makes right. you a person. Right. Cause yeah. it feels the like, same thing happens to me, you know, right. it's just like, and that's what, that's the, what I do. Yeah. And with all the, all the, all the bad news and stuff. And it's, and it's like, you know, very, you know, very bleak outlooks, um, coming kind of all around for the last last year basically and and it's like i, I don't know when i'm going to be able to do this so your mind just sort of goes to the place of well i guess i should just forget about that part of myself and you yeah. sort of become a shell. really you really like i mean really become a shell of your former self going back to trust issues man like it's right. like you 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 when when it is when what you do is so much of your identity of who you are and then yeah. that is just taken away for whatever reason, you know, yeah. it's like, it, it's, it's hard to get back to that. And even like I was feeling it on, and I, I don't know about if this happened to you guys, but cause I know like war, you were like so amped and excited backstage. And I was like <laughs> fucking like duck on top of the water. And my anxiety was just fucking like, you know, going a thousand miles a minute yeah. under the surface. But I was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let myself go there mentally. Like I built my fucking walls up. I know how to fucking deal with this shit. Like it could get shut down in any fucking minute, you know, like it was, yeah. it was, it was terrible. Yeah. And then I got up there and like, we got to tired of drinking alone and I just fucking lost it. And like, everybody was up at the front of the stage and shit. And I looked at Robert. I'm like, don't look at Robert, you idiot. Like, <laughs> fucking back up on this like Cause I got a bottle of wine. I got you. I got you. We won that fucking... money of <laughs> Like, Oh dude, it was, it was so nuts. I was just like closing off and, yeah, we, we got off stage and, and Robert's sitting there just fucking chain smoking out by the basketball court backstage yeah. and shit. And yeah. I walk up to him and like, I'm fucking sniffling and like fighting back tears and stuff. And I just walk up to him. I'm like, dude, thank you so much. Like, that was fucking amazing. It's like, I'm on the verge right now. I'm like, I know I'm going that way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, no. like Steve, why would you come up to me right now? Like, you know, I'm on the verge. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Like, First, I'm just gonna start sobbing. Uh, it, was, it was so emotional, though, man, and like just looking at people, and then you know, like our good buddy yeah. Mike Wilson, who was running sound for us, who did a fucking kick-ass job, coming in and just you know knocking out for for Balto and and for us, and just you know made it made everything happen on on the front house end. Like his kids, like a few weeks old. And he, like, full-on, like, this brand-new baby. And, like, he got her the headphones and everything and, you know, like, the ear protection and stuff. And just, like, Simba'd his child up in front of the stage while we're playing. And I'm like, oh, my God, life! Like, it's it's yeah. happening again. <laughs> <laughs> right, right in front of my face, and I open up yeah. my eyes, and I'm like, oh, this yeah. is baby. And then I'm he like, went okay, right back to closing him because you're like, bitch, I got to sing. Like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Anyways, it was it was really yeah. great, and we want to thank everyone that came out to the show. Yeah, man. 
especially people that came out from a really long ways away. Bruce, um, Bruce. thank you for coming all the way down Bruce. from Northern California. Yeah, man. Uh, Stacy um, Warren's future mother-in-law. Is mm-hmm. that what? Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Uh, she drove all the way out from Arizona. Uh, we, had, we had a lot of people that 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 drove and created yeah. a uh, a travel plan to come out to our show, and we really appreciate that. Um, and it was so great to drink with everyone and to play the show together, but mostly and, and feel drink like with everyone again, man. And yeah. So, Steve, what are you drinking? I am back on number one tequila. There you go. Which is great. It's it's amazing. It comes in this great bottle. Um, I recently got my brother a bottle of this as well, which uh, I know that they have it at Total Wine, apparently. I've never actually been to a Total Wine. I just order it from their website and get it delivered. But um, it's phenomenal. This is the Extra Añejo, again, uh, that Robert and I tried on... Uh, the it's very good. I'll, I'll, I'll vouch for everything Steve says about it. It's, yeah, it's one it's, of the best tequilas I've ever had in my life. I have it until this tequila. I have never drank a tequila neat um, ever, and yep. I'm just drinking it neat right now. Um, it is the most bourbony tequila that I've ever had, and it is smooth and it fucks you up. And I brought the bottle in to Take share it. with you guys, and I put it off to the side so that I don't pour myself another one. I've got a lime, Honestly, a lime LaCroix on standby here, but that tequila is actually delicious. And I right? love tequila. Yeah. I have a, uh, Oh yeah. What's your shirt say there? What? Ian, what are you drinking? What oh, are you drinking? Ian? drinking? Uh, normally we all know it would be tequila. Um, but, uh, somebody left this at the house at, a, at one of our parties, you know, guys. And it's pretty good. It's, Ooh. uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> Glendola pot still Irish whiskey. Nice. Yeah, looks nice. Tastes tastes nice. So yeah, tell us about it. How's how's it taste? How's it feel? Do you like it? Do you not like it? I don't know. Hold on. Give us some. Give us some. Give us some more about that. Hold on. Let me have a little more. Uh, well, (laughs) it's uh, (laughs) pretty smoky. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) I like this. Hazelnut, you know, for, for all of you listeners on Spotify and good. Apple Podcasts, uh, Ian definitely <laughs> didn't just go take a bong toke slightly off screen. That, See, he was trying to be so subtle, Stephen, he just like threw my bus. No, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. It was uh, a <laughs> what, what flavor of uh, of uh, was it the jewel? You on the jewels? Sure. On the jewels, yeah, on the jewels, exactly. Yeah. That wasn't a bong talk, folks. That was that was just a jewel talk. You're good. Uh, All right, Henry, anyway. what are you drinking? I am drinking a uh, Founders Brewing breakfast stout. Even though it's not Ooh. breakfast time, um, I don't dark. I don't drink at breakfast time though. It's way too early for me. Um, what? I'm not at that level. Pussy. Unless I'm like really hungover. <laughs> um, which this would probably be good for that. Um, it says it's the coffee lover's consummate beer, which is great because I am a coffee lover. I love coffee. I love beer that tastes like coffee. Um, and uh, this is also, it looks like this is infused with uh, some kind of chocolate and flaked oats and two types of coffee. Nice. Uh, and it has an intense fresh roasted Java nose topped with a wow. frothy cinnamon colored head that goes forever. 
And uh, it's very true. Uh, this is very good. Um, Sounds sexy. Let's see. Founders is out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Nice. Um, but they sell it at the liquor store down the street from my house. The liquor store down the street from my house here in Huntington Beach is um, apparently amazing. The top, yeah, dude, they have so much good beer there. It's crazy. Like, I would never expect that. But yeah, they got the goods there for sure. Um, so, with that being said, let's play the game. How much alcohol does this beer have in it? So it's a stout. It's a breakfast stout. A oh, founder's it's a bre- breakfast, a breakfast stout. stout, though. I'm going to go with 8%. Okay. And we're doing prices right rules, right? Yes, Price is Right rules. Sure. Yeah. Closest one, but not over. I don't actually watch Price is Right, so I've been confused all these months. That's what it is. Closest one without going over. War, what do you think? Um, I'm going to do 8 1. Um, drink beer that much, so like 7.75. I'm going to go big and go 9. Warren wins. It is 8.3%. What? Good job. Hell yeah. Didn't we have one of those on the podcast back when we could actually meet in person? Yeah, we might have. There's like like something breakfasty or something with pancakes or something. It's it's very possible. Really good. Besides all that, can you put the logo up on the screen? Because I want to describe it to people. Sure. It so is a, if everyone's, uh, if everyone's <laughs> yeah, or, or Henry, do you want to describe yeah, it? This so, is very so weird and it is, uncomfortable. It's very weird. It's very, it's a very weird logo. It looks for like a, really, it looks really like good a, beard. Um, it's, it's, it looks like a, a child or a baby, but it's not like, like a garbage pail kid. It's, it, but it's weird because they have adult proportions. Look at the hands compared to their head. And it's like, those are like adult proportions. It's like a really, it's a baby with, or maybe it's just a guy whose head looks like a baby um, eating out of a bowl that's tilted up towards him, wearing a bib, and eating with it looks, a spoon. It looks very, very disgusting and very gross. Yeah, it's really weird. It's a really weird logo, but the I'm uncomfortable. Beard, the beer is really, really it's just good. It's a very small bowl for a baby with that size of hands. Part. This part has nice, oh, you know, nice yeah, mellow it's, font. It's got a nice you know, gradient it, it to it. describes the beer. Yeah. has the... the ABV, it has the IBU count, which is 60. Let's, look at this. Let's peel this logo off. Get rid of this thing. This is weird. Why did you guys make this logo, in Founders? A, in a brown bottle? Get rid of this thing. Wow. Dear Founders, I reject you. <laughs> I reject you, Founders logo. I don't like this. It makes me uncomfortable. It's a great beer, though. I'll still buy it, even though the logo is weird. Hey, you want to buy some before you come over tomorrow? I'd love to try that. I Unless will. you have another one in your fridge. You can just no, I'll just, I'll just buy it. I, I, I hear he can get it at his local Yeah, I'll pick it up store. at the liquor yeah. store on the way over. It's going to be great. So t- tomorrow, uh, Henry's coming over, and we're working more on the new record, which yes, is really exciting. and worked on guitar tracks yesterday Ooh. at our engineer, Jeff Frickson's house. We worked on guitar tracks from noon to 8.30 at night. We did all sorts of guitar tracks. We did Dang. some leads. We did some textural stuff. So, wow. uh, and, and, you know, being my own worst critic, um, it was okay, but I'm sure you guys will like it a lot more than I did. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, just really inspiring <laughs> confidence here, Hank. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, <laughs> people that know me know I'm not a super confident person. No, no, no. Uh, no that's that, that, that's and, honestly like a real Robert, thing. Robert, what are you drinking? Yeah. Robert, what are you drinking? Well, Sorry. guys, it's been a long time since I've had this on the podcast, but I'm drinking a dose of beer, and it's a gimme. 
Hey, yo. Uh, it's one of my favorite beers at Dosen. And uh, best beer that they have there, in my opinion. It's an IPA that you can drink forever. And it's a great beer. I only have one this week, though. So it makes me kind of concerned. So I have a backup. And the backup is an Ashland, which is a hard seltzer that comes out of San Diego. Mm. And um, they are a, they're not like White Claw or Truly. They're a boutique um, hard seltzer company. And um, I'm not crazy about the flavor, but it's, it's mango strawberry, but it is, uh, there's no sugar. Um, they're only, they're less than a hundred calories. It's, it's a great way to stay in shape. So I support uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be drinking that next. I still have the gimme here. Uh, but I'm just letting you know about everything that's going on in my life. Uh, not everything. Actually, I like to keep some things private, but, um, Warren, what are you doing? I am drinking a very rare imported beer called a Modelo. What? That's nuts. No, you guys. Are those the ones that I brought over? These are the ones you brought over. But those are pretty uh, special. I also bought glass. I brought over those like how many days ago? I bought glass bottle Modellos today. And because all the labels are out and they're straight in the refrigerator, I don't want to take any of the glass bottles because it looks so nice. So I was like, I'll take these cans and finish off the cans. Like, at least this time when you guys come down on Thursday. I'm, like, I'm going to wait for guests story. to come over because my presentation's on fucking yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I did, made like a little cattle out of Modellos. Wait till you guys see. No, I'm kidding. I'm just drinking a Modelo. Nothing crazy, nothing Classic. fancy. It's a good one. Classic. My favorite Classic. thing I've heard about Modellos is, Steve, when your dad said, Modelo is like the Lay's potato chip beers. Yeah, dude. You can't have nice. just one. Robert Majora coming in clutch with the catchphrases, man. I, nice. I I agree with that to my soul. Yeah, it's so true. And and speaking of being of chips, and speaking of being not being able to control yourself when it comes to chips, Henry, you can't control yourself when it comes to music. I can't. So what do you what do you have for us this week? I can't control it. I couldn't control myself this week. Um, I was very moved by all the outpourings of support and. Uh, and the tributes I saw from around the music world for this musician um, today, I am talking about the legendary bass player, Paul Jackson, who unfortunately uh, passed away just shy of his 75th birthday. Uh, he passed away. When was that? That would have been the 18th. So it was a few days ago and his birthday would have been on the 28th. So we're right at that halfway point. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I am a big fan of the albums I know of that he played on uh, with Herbie Hancock. Um, those being Headhunters and Thrust. Uh, those are those are amazing records. Um, but I just thought of it as sort of you know more niche kind of seventies funk jazz fusion. But then I saw all these people, um, including our own Warren. I know he was a big influence for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw tons of people, uh, you know support you know uh uh, tributes rather uh to him and and saying how much the music he made meant to them and um i don't know Warren, you want to kind of elaborate on that from your side yeah um i mean i think paul jackson is like the players player for bass players he's like 
And and not even that. He's like he is a game changer for what he did and his sound and his tone. But he's not like a name like a Jocko or a George Porter that you could people maybe immediately know. But anybody who plays bass, especially a peep that does that funk thing, he is the man. And like Henry said, <clears throat> it's interesting. It's it's really cool to see all the people who who come out and and when when people die and you and you're like oh I had no idea that he affected you know this musician or this musician and um, yeah I mean I think Herbie Hancock is best is best known for those Headhunters days and I think a lot of that is attributed to that rhythm section which was Mike Clark and uh, and Paul Jackson and um, just that funky. A uh, jam, string skipping, bass, crazy. It's just there's there's no sound like it, and he was right. an absolute game changer. And I feel like anybody who plays bass and is in the funk scene is obsessed with Paul Jackson, and mm. he's yeah, he just has that sound and that style that that has uh, been sought after forever. Complete game changer. Right. And I and I went back and listened to um, specifically those those two records I listened to, and I heard so much stuff there that I'm like, oh man, that's like a that's totally a Warren thing, or um, you know that that's totally stuff I hear uh, current bass players or or guys that came after that era, kind of not, not ripping off per se, for lack of a better word, but but copying the licks and and sort of motifs and things like that and stylistic. Uh, you know, stylistic sort of sort of uh, ideas and things like that, and um, and definitely you can just hear like this is like kind of the next level of this style of bass playing for sure, and in the context of fusing together all these sorts of different um, different genres, uh, specifically with the Headhunters, and uh, that that band was was really really cool because it had uh, it had Benny Malpin, um, who's who I knew about him because he did Bitches with Miles Davis. He played the sax and clarinet on this record, uh, Bill Summers on percussion, uh, obviously Herbie Hancock doing all the keys. And, uh, for the, for the song we are going to listen to, it was actually Harvey Mason on the drums, mm-hmm. but, um, on the playlist, I am going to feature a song from the, uh, I guess the sophomore headhunters release thrust that does feature Mike Clark. Who's probably the, the, I guess, uh, better known rhythm section for that specific group. Um, on my Henry Sisson playlist, um, but today, and I've been looking for—I've actually been looking for an excuse to play this on on the podcast because I love it so much. Uh, it's such a cool version of this song, and it's super unique. And I found out today actually that the sound you hear on the intro and outro of the tune uh, is percussionist Bill Summer blowing into beer bottles, imitating uh, Central African pygmy music. It's like a whistle nice. singing style of playing. Um, so this is, uh, the, specifically the Headhunters version because the original version of it came out in 1962 on Herbie Hancock's Taken Off record. This is the 1973 Headhunters version of Watermelon Man. Enjoy. Thank you. 
And come on. with the fervid out fade out. Come on. Come on. Come on. Man, what the yeah, fuck? Are you kidding me? That was, just, that was such a good group. Are you that was me, so bro? good. Are you kidding me? good. I love how I got two minutes into the groove to even get into the full band. Mm-hmm. That was just ballsy and fun. Holy shit, yeah. dude. Yeah. That yes. completely took me by surprise. Thank you, Hank. That that was fucking amazing. Check out these records, yes. bro. Check check them yeah. out. I uh and, and for those of you that are interested, on the updated version of the Henry's History Lesson playlist, which is on all of our links out there. It's gonna be in the comments down below for those of you watching on Facebook. Okay. It's gonna be in the description of the podcast and all the places where you enjoy podcasts. I just added two songs featuring the late great Paul Jackson on the bass guitar to the Henry's History Lesson playlist that you can enjoy on Spotify. Um, Which Paul, and, he, you know, he also played for uh, Santana, right? Paul Jackson? Did he, didn't he? he play for Santana for, uh, uh, there was like a... I'm like going to ask Randy and get back to you. I think there was like, that. There, there was a, uh, a television concert that he played for Santana. <laughs> Which was like one of my first times seeing Santana live was from this like Damn. broadcast concert. I think it was like CBS or some shit. Like back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, sorry. But that's so rad, dude. Like what a fucking rad ass groove, man. Oh, yeah. Both of those there. records are insane, dude. Headhunters and, like, and Thrust. Just ingenious. That's another one of those like, I feel like anybody who again is a bass player and is into that sort of funky music and plays those root with that higher third on it mm-hmm. knows how to play that bass line. Yeah. And, it's such an iconic bass. It's so iconic. And, and he just plays that bottom bump, bump, bump. Yeah. That, yeah. And it every just like, it, every time it dropped back into that, it was and like it, the coolest. Oh, the drop and it's in, funny it because great. he's also known as like a very, crazy he string skips and does all these octave things and can be a very technical player but that song specifically just showcases how funky you can be with just some simple note placement little chromatic walk right back into the same the root note and it's just like boom just mind exploding um and that shows you exactly why he is one of those guys who is just unquestionable the pillar of funk p bass uh all that sort of stuff so randy got back to me and uh it turns out that paul jackson did in fact play bass for santana on nice. 1977 studio album festival which studio i was not aware festival. of yeah uh so thank you randy for the research randy our good buddy who helps us out every podcast for the uh quick you know, quick little pointer. He gets uh, paid. A I didn't know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool that yeah. he played for not only Herbie Hancock, but also Santana uh, at one point. Very cool. So dope. Yeah. Rest in peace, Paul Jackson, man. Yeah, what a man. what an absolute, I mean, game changer, legend. I mean, just hearing when that bass line comes in, it's just like, oh, you just know you're about to hear some yeah. real shit. Uh, yeah. my, Michael yeah. Caro just said something in the comments here. And the spacing right. of the notes is crucial. Silence is golden. Right. Um, as, as musicians and, and especially like rhythm section musicians, uh, myself included as, as a keys player, um, you have to play the rests, man. Like, and you have to be very specific about 
how you lend your voice to a recording. Like, where are you supporting? Where do you have the moments to pop out and lead or to have, have a fill? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, what, what is it? The, uh, here's the drummer that works with John Mayer and stuff that never plays any fills. Steve Jordan. There you go. Steve Jordan. Yeah. Like absolutely incredible. <laughs> Warren said it first. Warren wins. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it's so difficult, especially as, as a rhythm section musician, um, which I feel like I'm partly included in that because that's half of the stuff, half of the side of what I do musically. And I know war, like for you, like that's, that's the different, like, that's what qualifies like a fucking legend to just a player. Right. Is like how you choose your moments and how you, uh, are able to give your instrument a voice to a support and B let it be its own thing and have an identity within like the very like minute amount of spaces that you're given. Right. And what a fucking rad example just in that song of like how to execute both and be pocket and also still lead and have an identity and like, that was just really rad to listen to, man. And War, you do a great job of that as a bass player. Like it's like, oh, I'm gonna lay back on this shit and like, oh, I've got like a beat and a half to do something here. But I'm not yeah. going to because there's gonna be like you're gonna listen to the hi hat. But like Whoa. the second time, like I'm gonna do a little fill here and this is gonna be Well me, and he, you know. even like I mean that funk music, the space is 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 like golden and crucial and like a band that I like a lot that definitely ties into Herbie Hancock is like a band like lettuce. Mm. And, you know, like sometimes they'll have, they'll have like main parts of their songs that are like just a couple notes. It'd be like bump, 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 bump. Yeah. Bump. Or, you know, or like bump, but it's just like, wait, that's like, like on paper, it's like, that's three or four notes. That's not that crazy. And then you hear them play like, a syncopated fucking groovy smashing thing like that. And you're like, okay, that's like an eighth note and a couple 16th notes here. Like maybe not even more than four notes in a whole bar. And it's like, holy shit, this is the funkiest thing I've ever heard in my whole entire life. And then you get people who are also very skilled and find those little holes to weave in and just splurge their magic all over the And I feel place. like like a, a few weeks ago, like we, we were listening to uh, the Return of Forever stuff, right? And that was just yes. like mind-blowing and everybody was just jerking off. It's just crazy. Like, just fucking, <laughs> everybody was, it was just a circle jerk of like musical brilliance, man. Like it was, it yeah. was beautiful. It's like the, it's like the complete opposite end of the spectrum of like absolute genius. It's like, yeah. it was, this, this was like very tasteful, like laid back kind of, you know, layered in this mystique, like funky, you know, mellow that, thing going on. Am I wrong in saying that like, it, like the track that you just played made me notice the performances more. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there was, there was a direction and throwing a focus to like what was going on uh, a little bit more. And everybody had their, their moments and their parts that fit together like puzzle pieces instead of just, throwing all the puzzle pieces out on a table and being like, it's done. It's a puzzle. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. That was, that was really cool, man. That was very sonically interesting too. Yeah. Especially with the fucking bottles, dude. Holy shit. Yeah. Crazy shit. 
That's dope. I thought it was I thought it was some kind of it must have been, you know, some kind of crazy percussion instrument or something, you know, it had to be like some kind of a drum thing or something. I look it up, it's like, nope, you'd use fucking beer bottles to do that. So crazy. Dope, man. So dope. Yeah. I had no idea that was beer bottles. I always figured that was one of those like Peruvian flutes that has like six little things on it or right. something like that. Like pan flute. That's a yeah. That's a fun fact. A pan a pan flute. <laughs> Ian, how do you yeah. feel about pan flutes, bro? Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big pan flute guy. You... <laughs> well, and speaking about Ian, um, I do want to get into what Ian has done with Robert John the Wreck, with our band, with individual members. And also what he does for a living um, when it comes to the music world of Orange County music. Uh, because uh, if everyone's listening right now, they still have no idea what really who Ian is. Um, and I'm going to give a quick rundown of everything that he's done. And then we're going to talk about what he's doing right now. Um, the privilege that I have is that Ian is my best friend and I know everything about him. And so there's a lot of things that I will not say about him. There's a lot of things that I will not say uh, to keep his record clean and to keep uh, him in, in, in the eyes of our listeners a very good person. And the law. Um, yeah, and the law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but but I just want to let everyone know how how I'm, how I'm, how I'm, how important Ian is to this whole hundred percent. Um, clan of Robert John the Wreck. Um, Ian has been writing with me since for over, for, for over 10 years. Um, the, we had a song on, I think glory band mm-hmm. called let her go that Ian was very involved in. And um, we've been writing songs under club wagon for over 10 years, which has been a, a crazy thing that like was just, we, we were writing songs that didn't, didn't make it on any other records that we had going on and uh, it's been an ongoing thing. Uh, Ian is a family member of Jeremiah red, which is a huge um, orange County band, whether you, whether you know it or not, but uh, the first show that we got to play at house of blues, which was a huge thing for us um, was opening up for Jeremiah red. And at the time we thought Jeremiah red was this crazy band that we got to open up for and uh we 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 <laughs> truth be told we we found out that they were just really cool guys that were in the same boat that we were um but at the time you know we didn't know that you know we 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 thought we were open up for this crazy band that like we you know it was just crazy and then uh, we went on to um play a residency with them at a place called the Copper Door in Santa Ana we played a residency with Jeremiah Red um and we, we did a little residency. video. Yeah. Um, it was it was yeah. it was a really great time, honestly, to become brothers uh, in bands together. Um, yeah. And since then, um, we've been playing together with Jeremiah Red for multiple years. Um, Ian has been writing songs with us and for Robert John the Wreck for years. Um, he's been writing songs with Steve and Warren in their in their new group called Late Night Brunch Club, um, which they've released music recently, which you should go check out, Late Night Brunch Club. Um, yeah. We've also been writing music in a band called Club Wagon, which we haven't released anything, but 
it's there soon. and it'll soon. be there yeah. soon it's on, it's on um, its way it's on its way and like and uh, i also i want to also want to like throw in some really small things just to just let people know how close ian is to robert john the wreck um henry borrowed his guitar for this new record and there's songs on this new record that have his guitar on it because it just sounds so 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 good um, I'm a convert. It, I, I love Gretsch Black. I, I know that. I know that's that's a very small thing to say, but I just want people to realize who Ian is. I mean, he he's not a um, a random guest that we we don't know very well. We ask him to be on here. Like he is very involved in our lives on a day to day basis, um, <laughs> and he's very involved in uh, in what we do and what we write. And uh, he's been very involved in the new record that we just recorded. Um, I think he's pretty much involved in every song. I mean, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I just want people to understand who Ian Cullen is um, before we talk more about him, um, because he he just really really is uh, pretty involved in what Robert John the Wreck is and who we are and um, where we are to this day um, as far as songs go. Um, well, as, as far so, as who, who the band is as an entity and stuff like Ian's been there since the beginning. And it's to, to me, it's really fucking cool that like we've gone from playing shows together when we're all just figuring it out to being friends of over a decade now, you know, a, a, over, a you know, almost a third of my life and a third of all y'all's lives because I'm older than you. But, um, yep. to now being like ingrained in the history of the songwriting and, like what works and and also our biggest champion and and uh, friend and fan and cohort and somebody that will shoot it to us straight at any step of the way, man. Like <laughs> it's great, man. We we love you, man, and thank you for being yeah. here with us. Tonight. Yeah, Five I appreciate you guys finally having, having me on this. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you've been you a know, you've been a very important voice in the discussion. Yeah, of the I appreciate that, guys. The group, I really do. It's an honor. It's an honor being on here and. Uh, Honestly, this was the first album we actually got to do together. Um, and there were some like good learning processes between figuring out how you guys actually write. Cause it's always been like, you know, writing with one of you guys and then bringing it into the band or writing just with Robert. Um, and then he's taking it to you guys. So it's nice to be a part of the whole thing and see how you guys, uh, how the whole system and the machine works, you know, and how all the different personalities work, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and yeah. if you're so. listening or you're watching um is the co-write on oh M- oh miss carolina miss glassa on the highway yeah. he also has other co-writes on that record um but oh miss carolina is um a co-write with ian did, did i say that wrong is that why you said you that froze. again no you froze so I yeah you blacked out there. you glitched out can oh. you repeat that again for the class uh, sorry i'm, I'm lagging you're dogs good. Dog. Why are you lagging, bro? <laughs> no, I just want everyone to know. Um, land after dog for for the most recent Fix your record. Wi-Fi. Fix Ole Miss your Carolina Club was uh, correct with wagon, Ian. Wagon. Don't be bringing your nasty internet on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, now I'm we're trying. just giving I'm you shit, dogs. Dude. You're good. So, anyways, but besides all of that, I want to talk about the fact that Ian Cullen also is a head man, head front man. The 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 party that comes with a band called Sega Genocide. 
Anzaga Genocide <laughs> is a 90s cover band which is playing at Hangar 24 in Irvine next Saturday, which is exactly where we played this Saturday. Oh, um, and uh, we're, we're very involved in what that concert series is and very involved in, in, in bringing up the Orange County music um, for what it is. Yeah. And uh, next weekend, Sega Genocide is going to be playing there. Ian Cullen is uh, the, the, the main, um, what do you call it? Head frontman like front. of that it's, band. I would say it was like a dual frontman thing. You know, Spencer's, you know, I joined sure. a lot later, but Spencer's, you know, gosh, you guys got to have him hopefully on it soon. One of those yeah. insane guitar players I've ever seen. Great yeah. singer. And uh, they, you know, I forced my way into that band. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my, my, wish, my, my question for you, Ian, is uh, what, are you, what are you looking forward to? to have another show finally after months and months of it, not having a show. I mean, just like us, we got to go play last week and it was emotional. It was great. What, what are you looking forward to? What are you nervous about? What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, so like, I think in each of these projects, I get a little bit of something that I need uh, to make myself whole, if that sounds weird, but like, you know, Jeremiah Red is like nostalgic for me. Um, kind of grew up with that band and writing and changing how I wrote and stuff like that. So that was very, like, uh, it was very nostalgic. And then obviously like with the club wagon stuff that we've been writing, it's all new stuff. And it's just exciting because, you know, we want to show people what we've been working on and how we just basically wrote all those songs during quarantine. And so that was that. And then Sega is just pure energy and like, aggressive aggression <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> i don't know it's like i i mean i'm nervous about it because i know i tell you guys this stuff and people that don't know me it's like uh it's like a whole different character um that i don't get to do often and um i haven't been that in a while on stage so <laughs> it's gonna be a little bit weird but um i'm sure it'll be like riding a bike hopefully <laughs> few te- you know few tequilas in like half a bottle first set and then, you know, I'll be, I'll be back to normal. You just got to be careful because, uh, you know, tequila kills, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> for, exactly. I, yeah. I got a question for, for, for you. For those of you uh, listening, not watching, uh, tequila kills is the uh, slogan for Los Sundays tequila, which has been very kind to all of us over the years, and especially psychogenocide and the Wayfair and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Cheers to you guys. Yeah. Ian, I got a question and, uh, that, that I don't think I've ever asked before, specifically oh. just about Sega Genocide real quick. Okay. So because Sega Genocide does such a vast uh, array of 90s songs, and like Ian uh-huh. said, they're all super high energy, and um, it's, a, it's an insane show. What is your, what is like one of your favorite songs mm. to do by them? Sing as you guys cover everything from Britney Spears to uh, Rage Against the Machine and to Eminem. anything I guess that falls yeah any, Four anything blondes. between there. I mean, I feel like as you guys know, uh, especially with those Sega shows, if you've been, um, we save. There's these songs that I feel like we're kind of <laughs> we're known for covering. I guess <laughs> not known for doing, but like um, I would have to say by just out of pure pure like. Uh, raw energy and a riot feeling it's like rage for sure uh killing in the name of we always do like on the first we try to either end with that 
um, or like Bulls on Parade. I really do love doing Britney Spears Toxic, even though it's like early 2000. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it still fits because it's generational right like that yeah. 90s yeah, is a generation I mean, yeah it's honestly yeah, you kind of like you kind of overlap into like the early 2000s stuff because you know anybody you born know, like, in the early 2000s the, was conceived the, mid 1999 but like a lot of the people that come to these shows are kids that honestly didn't even grow up in the nineties mm-hmm. to be old enough to listen, start even listening to music. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, I feel like it's just the, the whole, how like the fashion has come back and the music is like popular again in, in a weird way. It's like they everybody's like listening to it that didn't even grow up in it. So, um, it's funny to watch like on stage and see this person be like, you're 22. You don't even, how do you even know this fucking song? Like, um, <laughs> uh, but uh yeah honestly i, I love what when we do eminem and stuff like that it's such it's so weird what we actually are like how possible it is to cover like all the genres you know what i mean like watching spencer rap eminem but in a, in like two to three times faster than the actual song is you know what i mean like yeah. <laughs> and, and he's sitting there also you know ripping the guitar at the same time like i have it easy um you know if i don't know something on the screen so um yeah i would say but honestly warren to your thing of killing in the name of is honestly like probably the most fun song to do nice as it should be and and the last time that i saw you do that live was at the wayfair um and that was it, it was it was months ago before one of the shutdowns and stuff but you guys were doing an outdoor patio thing limited capacity and everything, and you were on a table with a wireless mic and a and a full like table umbrella, just oh, going umbrella. up and down. <laughs> just fuck you! I won't do it. You tell me. Oh my god, dude! It was then everybody was losing their fucking shit, dude. Like it's to to see the showmanship that you put on and what you've brought to that band. Because I remember seeing them before you were part of the project, and like they've always been phenomenal. Like the musicianship yeah. is absolutely insane, but you brought this level of like interacting with the crowd and being a front man and getting people involved in the conversation and welcoming them into the party that is what the band's going for. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, it's so rad to see you in that element, man. Like, especially knowing you for, for years and years, it's like, you're just fucking thriving, man. And you've got people wrapped around your little finger, man, when you're up there. <laughs> it's so funny. It, it, it's so funny. It's, it's honestly the most fun I've ever, like, I hate to say it, because, like, obviously it should be your own projects that you do that feel like, but those are mo- the most heartwarming, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And this is the most fun I've ever had on any stage in my life. It's like, it's so, it's ridiculous. It just feels crazy sometimes. <laughs> And you guys have been yeah, able to do I, some like I, really rad like events and stuff too, and meet a lot of really cool people and play for a lot of cool. Yeah, we've gotten lucky and gotten to play some really cool stuff and travel. It's, uh, to be honest, like right before quarantine, you know, Robert and I were talking about it like the other day, and it's like we were going to Vegas like every other week to play a show or just traveling all the, you know every week just for that for the ninety stuff. But honestly, it's just fun and not saying it's not it's easy but i mean it's just easy going and you know there's no pressure in that sense so it's just it's a good time always constantly yeah and i, I mean i don't want to i don't want to glaze over the fact that you're also an amazing songwriter 
um, and a, an amazing musician when it comes to that. The reason why I want to say that because we're going to have Ian on again and we're going to talk about all that, but the reason why we have Ian on right now and we're talking about Sega Genocide for the most part is that they're playing at Hangar 24 in Irvine uh, next weekend Yes, on March, this what is weekend. it, guys, 27th? This, this Saturday. 27th. Yeah, this coming Saturday. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, if you're in Southern California, you have to come out. It's free. I mean, you're going to see a, an amazing show. And you're going to lose your show. <coughs> you're, like, yeah. keep yourself in your pockets, but you'll, like... Emotionally and exciting wise, like you're gonna lose your shit. Like, don't lose your you know, like. Keep your personal stuff on your person, but otherwise, you're gonna lose your shit. It's, it's, it's yeah, and we'll shit. we'll have Ian on again uh, whenever he says he's free uh, to talk about all the writing, <laughs> everything else like that. But you know, it, it's hard to nail this guy down because he just is, he's involved in so many different things. He's writing so many different things. It's really hard. So. We're really excited that he's here right now. Um, so we're going to ask him a couple questions. Okay. For the podcast only, and because you're in Sega Genocide. Okay. And this is all off the cuff, and I'm making this all up from the top of my head. Usually Andrew does this thing, and he like okay. looks, up, looks it up on the internet and makes questions up. Who's your favorite? So this, might be, this, this might be terrible. No, we're not. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, these questions might be terrible. Uh, yeah, so are you ready for this? <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not looking at a screen. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. There's nothing. This is all my own mind. Yeah, and it's just weird. Know, that it, it's weird that, so it's well weird that, that like, these flashing lights this might be terrible. I mean, kind of crazy, man. <laughs> so you're the front man in a '90s band. Front man in a '90s band. So. so <laughs> Who is your favorite '90s frontman from any band in the '90s? Oh, oh man! Frontman or frontwoman? Sarah McLaughlin. You're an idiot. Solid. That's not true. Solid. Solid. <laughs> See, this, this is the problem when when you're so close to us. I am just going to tell you that's not true. Like, like I know I honestly, I I loved Rage growing up, and I know we keep going back to him, but that God, Zach Taylor Roach was insane. Like I love that. I love their whole yeah. energy and stuff. Yeah, that, and that's a great were, answer. Yeah, I mean, we. It's like you know, as you guys know, whenever you see it, it's kind of like when we play those songs or play any song for that matter in that band. The energy is always like that, almost same. Intensity. It's just pure insanity. Just like controlled chaos mm-hmm. slash insanity. That is a good point. Controlled chaos. And the lyrical oh, content. Okay. Holy shit, the lyrical content of Rage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The lyrical content of the 90s band, Sega Genocide. It's amazing. So here's the next question. You guys worked really hard on that, on the lyrical content. We worked hard on those songs. <laughs> that, that might be your favorite front man. But yeah. if you could go back in time and sing, not for Rage Against the Machine, you okay. could go sing for a 90s band, like... On a whole tour, what band yeah. would you go out and sing for? Spice Girls. Nice. Fuck Spice. yeah! Wow, nice. Nailed it. Which one? So if that's yeah, the what, case, which one? What, yep, what would your Spice name be? What would well, you know, even in this band, what people don't know is I don't sing that much, so I'd want to be posh. <laughs> Just for your looks, wow. eh? <laughs> and, and, and for that branded content right across your chest, curious, bro, yeah. that haven't heard of Sega Genocide, 
Um, on the guitar player side of things, Spencer makes me ashamed to call myself a musician. I do not even want to stand really? in the same room as that guy. He is overwhelmingly good at his instrument, and I just want to put the thing down every time I see that dude play. He is oh, insane. I, hand, hands down, like I, I agree with you. But also, don't give you you know don't discredit yourself. I mean, he is in, he's insane. But so are you, dude. And but honestly, you know he's such a humble guy. And if for people that don't know it, like everybody does bring a piece to that band, but I can't, I would be lying if I didn't say that he is in reality, kind of the band, if that mm. makes sense. You yeah, know what I mean? Like hundred yeah, percent. He's, yeah. he's playing so many different parts and he's leading in his own way. And he's also singing like most of the songs as well. And, and, and that's kind of my point is when I see you guys play, he, does he's doing so many things exactly on this insane level and then pulls out this ridiculous guitar solo that's completely fluid and completely clean and has great tone and then yeah. lands perfectly on the dot with perfect vocals or he'll rap or something and it's like I quit dude his vocals are fucking insane I mean and then, and he's also like honestly like you know when we play a lot and it it'll be like if whatever event in this you know when you're in a cover band you know that it's always some drunk ass or just funny drunk person coming up and is like yeah let's play this song and and it's like Spencer if we don't know it he'll just look at everybody and he goes and he just like knows it on the fly somehow yeah and he's like literally reading chords to freaking spencer wiles on the sax keys and brevin on the bass and he's just like you know mouthing it and then singing it and mouthing the next change he's like fucking insane it's like yeah it's crazy i've seen him yeah. do that before too and i'm like where do, where are you on dude what is yeah. it give me some otherwise yeah. i'm gonna quit <laughs> <laughs> exactly so please don't quit uh, but yeah just please. Don't. Okay, so I have, I have one more question for you when right, it comes to Sega Genocide. Who is playing next week at Hangar Twenty Four in Irvine? Um, uh, we have the like which band or just who is in the band? You mean? I haven't said. I haven't asked a question yet. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, sorry. That it sounded. My like question was, <laughs> what is your favorite '90s movie? Oh, that's fucking hard, dude. That's a good question. It's not hard. You didn't come here to you didn't come here to answer easy questions. I know, but that's a fucking hard question, man. That's like it's really not. There's so many. It's Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay, okay. So hold hold on, Ian. Ian. I mean, point point. I'm going to ask this to everyone. I'm going to ask this to everyone, including myself. (laughs) What's everyone's favorite '90s movie? And starting with Steve, and we already know it. You have my answer, answer Ian. Ian. Guys, I know the FBI hard, didn't teach you, know? you how to surf, bro. But yeah, Point Break. You know, Richie Rich. We got <laughs> Angels <laughs> in the Outfield. Uh, Double Trouble Sand- with, with Steve Goodman. Sandlot. Yeah. Oh, Sandlot. Angels in the Outfield. Damn, Rich. D two is is Big Green. Is Richie Rich. Nineties movie. The Green Mile. That, that one. Titanic. Richie Rich. Independence Day. Check. Hey, well, at, at Blank Blank we have to ask Henry because Henry wasn't really alive in the nineties. <laughs> I'm gonna take a hard pass. Say basketball. On that. Say basketball. I was born in '94. Just say basketball. And I am not a movie guy, uh, but I'm gonna say Pulp Fiction. Nice. I, I, I'll take it. I don't even Respect. know if it's real or not. Yeah, that was what? nice. Yeah, '94. Mm-hmm. Same year I was born. Not basketball. What about you, Warren? 
Ba- oh, oh, this is <laughs> dumb and dumber. Dumb oh, and yeah, dude. Dumb Damn and dumber. it. See, yeah. it's when you put me on the spot, and as soon as you go movies, I go, I'm not a movie guy. I don't know any movies. I don't know any movies. And then, is- and then I'm like, I don't know. Right, what are, What is a movie? What even is a movie? I'm not going to lie, guys. When you asked that question and you said, I'm going to ask everybody, I went in my phone and I typed in 90. Were you, were you, were you the duck underwater being all calm on the service? Uh, Austin Powers. See, Ooh, God, Austin see Powers I can't even. One. Exactly. Hey, Austin uh, Powers. My, my 90s movie references, huh? Well, well this is Austin Powers. Austin Powers, 100%. I can watch that anytime Sorry. it comes on. Not Beethoven? Into my answer. It is officially Austin this Powers. My favorite 90s movie. Not Fern Gully? <laughs> the Lion King, the original, the OG. Yeah. That's Robin Williams as well. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Pretty much, Robin Williams was my favorite. Uh, Private Birds. He was in yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire is the best Hook. 90s movie ever. Oh, it is Come great. On. It's sounds yeah. Sure, it's a great, movie. <laughs> great, a great, a great theme song. You know, dude looks like a lady. Is that what it is, dude? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but that's that, the first that time seems... I heard Aerosmith is. From Mrs. Doubtfire. I watched it when I was Do you remember, too young dude, to realize honestly, what a favorite man was. The, the reason why I love that song so much is, you know, if you don't remember, go listen to it tonight at the end when they're just like going, da 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 and he's like, yow, 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 don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, we do that okay. one every time. Fuck. Gotta do that one. That was ninety eight. Staples eight. That was ninety eight. By the way, that was ninety eight. Uh, yeah, that that was when uh, yeah. when Armageddon came out. Yeah, there's just Animal like certain songs bro. you have to do, and that's like definitely one of the songs. You know, Robert, you brought up Aerosmith, and it immediately me think of Wayne's World, and I have to also yep. put that in contention or uh, in qualification of my favorite nineties movie. It's definitely like okay. Top three. Awesome you, mean, you mean Wayne's World 2, though? Yeah. No, Wayne's World one, No, because no, Wayne's World 2. That's the one oh, with right, the Aerosmith. Right, right. Sorry, sorry. Wayne's World 2, yes. Right. You're gonna, when they're going to play the festival. Right. Yeah, you book yes, them, they will right. come. That's, that's Aerosmith. <laughs> I do the same thing oh, with yeah. the Austin Powers movies. I confuse what happened. I happens know everything about, about it. it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a poser. You're here, you heard it here first. I'm a poser. Hey, that's like me talking about the first Back to the Future movie, man. Like, it came out the year I was born. Don't worry about it. It's cool. I'm not a movie guy. I said it. I'm not. Well, and I'm thankful because you're really fucking good at guitar. That is, Imagine if you spent uh, all your time objective? watching movies instead of learning how to play guitar. I honestly think you should focus on movies more. Michael Caro, yes. Snatch is the best. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Anyway, we're well, going to... Ian. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Ian, thank you so much for being our guest this evening. We appreciate it. And uh, honestly, Ian's been an integral part of Robert John the Wreck for quite a few years. And we want to thank you for being here. And uh, if you're in Southern California, his 90s cover band will be playing um, this Saturday at Hangar 24 in Irvine, a part of the Music on the Runway series. So please come out if you're available. It's free. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is get in your car and go there. And even if yes. you don't even have to get in your car, you can just get an Uber or something. Um, you can get a plane. It's by John Wayne Airport. You can fly into Yeah, John you Wayne. can just get a helicopter. Yeah, just do a quick like uh, tour around Catalina and fly back. 
assisting Ryan for <laughs> yeah. the show. But anyway, anyways, <laughs> Ian, thank you so much for being our guest this thank evening. Uh, I didn't tell you this because I know you didn't want to do it, but to end the night tonight, we're going to play a gem I read song that I picked out. Um, <laughs> it's called it's called Broken Bearings, and it's a song that Ian Colon is on, and his band recorded and is on spot it's on spotify uh it's one of my favorite songs um it's called broken bearings and um we're gonna play that out and end the evening with that song thank you guys and what do we have coming up everybody war next month we are playing at hangar 24 again april 24th yeah so 24 on the 24th (laughs) easy to remember that april 24th show and we have the 24th that we are announcing. So if you want to follow us, uh, sign up for Bands in Town or Song Kick because I think that those are the easiest ways to track our live shows. Um, so yeah, we are posting new dates. There are rescheduled European dates. If you are a European fan, we are coming back in September. Full force, charged and ready to go. Hoping for the best. Going to get out there and fuck my hair up just like this. Yeah, and in the meantime, and do some and do some, and do some sick bows. Yeah, I'll do a little bow. We uh, we got some new hats and new merch and uh, some other stuff uh, that is both in person and online. So go check us out online. Go check out Jeremiah Red. Click all the links in the description below for any history lesson. Uh, links to Sega Genocide and Jeremiah Red and uh, Ian and Warren and my new project Late Out Brunch Club. Which is super fun and uh, get wrecked and be good to each other. And uh, here is Broken broken Bearings by Jeremiah Red. Enjoy, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.
just wait.